Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. You are listening to Where Should I Invest with Sarah Larby. Welcome back. Today, we're going to switch it up a little bit. We are going to be speaking with Marcus Mackay on fitness, wellness, nutrition, everything in between. And I have a co-host with me, Allison Wiseman. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. And on a side note, though, if you are in the Burlington area and want to come out to one of our networking events, we have one every single month with investors and entrepreneurs of Canada. So check us out. MidtermRentalProperties.com is where we're going to find the information. You can go to the events section. January 18th is our speed networking event. So if you have a goal for this year to come out to more events and grow your network, because in my opinion, it will also grow your net worth, please come out and get connected and meet others that can help you along your journey as well. So January 18th, we have an event every single month that is going to be speed networking specifically. And I hope to see you guys out there. They usually start around 6.30 and go to about 9, 9.30. And, you know, in addition to networking and learning and all that good stuff, wellness, fitness, nutrition is also a huge part of our well-being and making sure that we have the tools in place to really scale and grow and uh, be happy all around. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast with Marcus Mackay. It is different. It is all about health and wellness and fitness. Um, and so I hope you guys enjoy the show. Marcus, welcome to Workshop Invest. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Good, good. So we're switching it up this time. It is not about real estate investing. It is not about investing in general. It's actually about a lot more. And I think it's actually almost just as important as real estate investing. And we connected, I think, through Cam originally through students and they've raved about your, you know, what you've been able to do to change their lives in his life. And then we met at one of Harry James's events, one of my mentors. So fitness, wellness, all that stuff is, is definitely something that I absolutely love. And ironically, ironically, Allison actually was my first trainer, my first trainer ever before I even started going to the gym. I think this was in 2015 or 2016 and come full circle. Funny story, her and I actually originally started a podcast together. And now she's and now she's back on here and there. So Allison's gonna be co-hosting this as well with me. But why don't you, Marcus, tell us a little bit about, you know, what it is that you do and who you are. Sure. So I'd like to share a perspective because you said real estate investing and then there's health and what I would say the investment you make in yourself, your body and brain translate into more dollars in the real estate investment. So we can talk a little bit more about that and, and how health and wealth are symbiotic. They're not separate. Uh, but a little bit of back, background around me, uh, I've been a strength and conditioning coach for the last 12 years. Originally, my practice was just getting people strong and getting people athletic. I started in sports, but now I just saw that clients needed more support on nutrition, sleep, stress management really creating a, a holistic approach to what we call quality of life. Because you're probably listening to this podcast because you want to learn about real estate investing so you can make investing something that improves the quality of your life. You have more freedom. I think people are nodding. Yeah, I want, I want more freedom. But when it comes to <laughs> um, investing in your health, 
I think that needs to be the primary domino that people focus on in order to do exceptional things in this life. I've had health and I've had no health and I'll pick health every single time. So what I've noticed in the corporate world is something I struggled with it too, is, is substance abuse, which is alcohol, uh, drugs. Maybe you're abusing caffeine today. It's, it's Monday when we're recording this is you're self-medicating with things that are external to fill a void. And it creates a lot of disorder in your body, can create a lot of disorder in your family, can create a lot of disorder um, in where you want to go and who you want to be. So I made myself sick through drugs and alcohol and through everything I coach, habit change, sunlight, exercise, good food, good people. Uh, I've been able to transform my life and over 3,000 others. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so Marcus, you mentioned like people working that nine to five uh, corporate job. You know, let's say you had someone coming to you and someone who's inquiring about trading with you. They have a range of addictions, whether it's coffee, whether it's substance abuse, and they need your help. What are some four or what are some like foundational basic steps someone can take to head in the direction of an overall like better quality of life? Yeah. Great question. So when I think about helping someone with their habits, I always think of addition rather than subtraction in the beginning. Because to a lot of people, <clears throat> it might seem like a big loss. If I were to, if someone were to tell me like, you need to cut out coffee today, I'd be like, cool. You know, it just doesn't seem realistic. I don't like, I don't use coffee. I try and have like two glass or two cups a day. But, but if someone said, Hey, Marcus, to help you with your stress, and combat the caffeine, maybe you go for a walk right after work, or let's try adding like 500 to 1,000 milligrams of magnesium at night to really support your nervous system. I'm like, oh, I can do that. So I don't have to cut out ca caffeine yet. So I think if we can add rather than subtract in the beginning and then just get them some wins, if somebody can show me a week of Monday through Friday, where they're doing a 20-minute walk in nature after work or after lunch, just to calm down their stress, uh, that's a huge W, and we just build off of that. So I would say, like, everything starts small and, and think about adding, not subtracting. Yeah, that's a great point, because it's probably hard for somebody drinking, you know, four cups a day, and it's just part of their habit to just cut cold turkey or smoking or whatever that is, right? Yeah, totally, because you develop dependencies on it. You could switch to decaf in the afternoon, you know, as long as you're getting enough sleep and you're not just sitting at your desk all day, just hammering pots of coffee on low sleep and high stress, like your body's not going to like that. So we need to support it in other ways. Yeah, I think a lot of listeners are, you know, dealing with a full-time job. I mm. think they're dealing with, you know, managing their portfolios. I think they're dealing with potentially kids, spouses, and, you know, juggling everything along the way. And, you know, I think a, a big reason why we invest in real estate is for that freedom. But until, you know, it takes time to build. And until you get there, you have less freedom, in my opinion, and less time as you're doing both simultaneously before you can really take the leap. What are some yeah. things that, you know, they can do as they go through those tough years? And I remember doing it too. I used to have to wake up at 4 a.m. so I could hit the gym to get to work on time and still, you know, do what I needed to do. And then I'd get home from work and then I'd do more real estate stuff. And it was tough. It was tough, but you have to do it. But there's a lot of people going through that now. What do you recommend that they can do as just, you know, some action, actionable items? 
Yeah. I was the same way in my 25 to 30. I want to call it my season of no. I said no to all social parties, everything like that. Anything that was out of line with my goals. I was just in a season of no. And, you know, I'm 33 years old. Eight years later, I'm in a season of yes, where, yeah, I work hard, but I've built a team. I've built a business. It operates without me. And I think that's a really valuable thing for people who are in their build phase, that they're in a season of no for a lot of potential yes in the future. As long as the health, the mental health, because I'll always pick peace over progress. If you are losing your mental health or your physical health because of pushing, we need to change some things. So to your point of waking up at 4 a.m., it's going to be ruthless time execution and just getting the most out of each day. Because if you've got, here's the thing about productivity is there's only 24 hours in a day, so it's finite. I sleep seven, eight. So I've, let's say I have 16 hours to get things done, but my to-do list can be infinite. So my time is finite, but my to-do list is infinite. There's so many things I can do each day. We want to make sure, and this isn't business lessons, but it can help, is to focus on the highest leverage activities at all time. If making your meals isn't a high leverage activity for you, you need to delegate it. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hello, everyone. I am happy to finally be able to share with you some interest rate great news. Based on a lot of analysis and reports from economists coming out lately and some highly technical readings of tea leaves of the bond market trading, there are many who think that mortgage rates will fall in 2024. But not only that, they're expecting them to fall fast. Here's why. The five-year government bond yield recently hit a five-month slow and is projected to fall further to around 3.4%. This is a strong and a clear sign that the Bank of Canada will start cutting interest rates in 2024. Based on history, prime rate could potentially drop by 300 points from its current peak of 7.2% down to 4.2%. And that would bring unprecedented relief to those of you who are on variable rate or adjustable rate mortgages. With high rent and mortgage interest inflation set to dramatically ease in the next year, Canada's overall inflation rate may sink below 1% by late 2024. This raises the odds of aggressive rate cuts if economic growth also slows down. So, with fixed mortgage rates are still above the 6% mark, it makes little sense right now locking into a five-year fix if you can comfortably carry a variable or an adjustable rate. And yes, the rates can theoretically spike up, but the market indicators argue that a plunge is a lot more likely in the next five years. As for home prices, lower rates may provide some improvement in affordability, but it likely won't last long if immigration and demand stay strong. We will talk more about price forecasts at another time, but for now, the current forecast is that further price declines are likely to be short-lived and the trend should turn around by Q2 of 2024. For now, please know that as of today's data, variable and adjustable rate mortgages offer you the best chance to minimize interest costs for you know, qualified borrowers over the next five years. If you're looking to renew 
into a five-year fixed today, essentially you would be donating money to your lender. You would be giving them a Christmas gift. Savvy investors who are looking to enter or expand their real estate portfolio should run the numbers on a variable rate mortgage to maximize their leverage and long-term returns. So if you have a renewal that is coming up, if you're currently experiencing a cash flow crunch, or if you're looking to position financing strategically to expand your portfolio in the next 12 to 18 months, reach out to my team at info at streetwisemortgages.com and we would be happy to guide you. And now back to the show. Amen. I want to say something right there because I've had a chef or some sort of system because I don't cook. Yeah. And, and it has been a game changer. Game changer. Yeah. It actually isn't as expensive as people think. It's not. So if I can, instead of spending two to three hours a week cooking, can I have someone or a service help me out and do that? Okay, there's two to three hours back. Me thinking about my workouts and th thinking about all that kind of stuff, can I delegate that to someone else to think about it and to write it for me and organize my schedule so all I have to do is show up and work at my highest leverage, my highest leverage, highest capabilities? Because a lot of people listening here are, are thinking about high performance. How can they think clearly? How can they move quickly and do the most? And then at the end of the day, have enough energy to hang out with their kids and, and be a role model. That's a lot of energy you're going to need. So how can you outsource as much as your life and do only what you do best and delegate the rest? So you have an awesome Instagram. You're building a brand. You have a company. You also work one-on-one -on -one with clients. It looks like it's in person as well as online. You're working out a lot. So obviously you're staying physically energized and fit throughout the day. But there is that, like what you mentioned, there's that mental component to it. So for you, Marcus, how do you stay, like you're probably like optimal, like with your first client, you're probably like on fire, right? Like it's beginning of the day, you feel good. What about that last client? How, what are some things that you to mentally to stay mentally optimal throughout the day so that you're just as good with your last client as you are with your first? So yeah, great question. I don't do a lot of in-person training anymore. Company is now global where we are able to assist our clients wherever they are, whether they're in the UK, US, Australia, Toronto, Vancouver, whatever. So I don't do a lot of in-person training anymore. But when I did, I had a rule of, you know, basically no sessions after 3 p.m. Because I would start at 4.30. And I would be doing, in the beginning, I used to grunt and leave my house at 4.30 for my 5.30 client. And I wouldn't get home till like 8 p.m. And I burnt, almost burnt myself out. But I was young, 24, 25, no responsibilities. You can do that. To have energy all day, you need to look at four things. One, sleep. Maybe you don't have time for eight hours. Don't have time. Time for eight hours. But the depth and quality of your sleep is imperative. Try and get at least five cycles of 90 minutes. People think about, oh, chunk. It's actually cycles of sleep. Sleep is going to be paramount for your energy. The second thing is going to be how well you breathe. Okay. So that's your cardiovascular health. 
if you notice any of your friends who really like cardio and, and maybe are endurance, like Harry, that guy has energy for days. Mm-hmm. Why? Because his body's absorbing a lot of oxygen a lot of the time. And so you can learn how to do that too. So if you are breathing through your mouth constantly, you're not producing a lot of energy. So try and breathe through your nose as much as possible. Number three is your food intake. The food that you get for takeout, the full bullshit food and all that kind of stuff, that's robbing you of your energy. So if I eat something that's inflammatory, my body has to allocate nutrients to actually just digest that food. So rather than that food giving me energy, it depletes energy along with it. Okay. So that's the third thing, food. And the fourth thing is managing your stress. I can't tell you how much, if I'm dealing with a lot of pressure in my life, how much more exhausted I am at the end of the day. Because my subconscious brain is just problem solving constantly. So I coach my clients, if they are going through a high pressure time, is they need to add at least an extra 30 minutes of sleep on the front end, ideally an hour. Because if anyone's feeling like this, if you are emotional and you're poor slept and you had some, maybe you took some L's that day, took some losses in business. At the end of the day, you're like, God, I'm stressed out. I'm anxious. You're laying there. Your mind's racing. But in the morning you wake up, it's like, oh, I could do anything. What happened? You just slept properly. Hmm. That's it. Does that answer the question? Those are great answers. And, you know, I love that you were able to break it down. So I want to go back to your first one of sleep and the 90 Mm. minute cycles because you know the whole REM sleep and and that whole piece can you explain why why 90 minutes and you know like do you so so I guess why 90 minutes and also for you and for your clients do you make sure that like when they go to bed it's like in 90 minute cycles that they're waking up or or do you not go? To I mean, sleep? here's the thing is they don't have to wake up every 90 minutes. That's not the point. No, no. But yeah, like yeah. they want to sleep and then they wake, like technically a whole cycle is done in 90 minutes. Well, you, you explain, you'll explain it because you'll know this a lot better than me. But yeah. So if you look at clients sleep data, like I, we send our clients aura rings so we can track their sleep and their stress and all that kind of stuff. That is really important. Uh, if you look at people's sleep patterns, they will be optimized based on their circadian rhythm. So most of us are larks, which means that we really benefit from going to bed early when the sun goes down, and then we really benefit from waking up before the sun rises. But there are going to be some outliers, um, some people who are night owls, so to speak. So the first thing for proper sleep is understanding your proper cycle, your, your own cycles. For me, I'm about, if I nail it perfectly, last night was money. It was 9.30 p.m. I was in bed. I was up at 5.35 this morning all the way through. That happens rarely, okay? And today I feel like a child. It's fantastic. But within that eight hours I was asleep, my body went through a number of stages of sleep. The first one is, is going to be light sleep, okay? So light sleep is better than no sleep. But that's not where the real magic happens. Real magic happens in deep sleep and it happens in REM. So you want to think about deep sleep is where, let's say you do a hard workout and you want to repair tissues, you want to build strength, you want to make sure your joints are are working properly. Your deep sleep is where that happens and where memories imprint. Okay? REM sleep 
and you'll see maybe you have a partner or someone where you're dreaming or you see their eyes flickering, that's rapid eye movement. And this is when your emotional well-being, I like to look at it as like, you basically, you know, that hangry, not maybe hangry, but like emotional anxious feeling that some people have when they poorly slept, when they had enough REM sleep, that goes away. It's your emotional brain resetting. So if you sleep effectively, you want to think about you going to bed the same way you put your dishes in the dishwasher and you turn it on before you go to bed. If you get a proper night's sleep, imagine those dishes coming out as clean and squeaky and beautiful as possible. Imagine getting a crappy sleep and you wake up and there's still like crust and bullshit on all the knives and, and, and plates. That's basically how you're rolling into your day. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey there, real estate investors. This is Jamil Ramtula, your local realtor. It's time for another tip to help you grow your portfolio and your profits. Today, let's talk about something a little different, up and coming areas. We all know that established neighborhoods can be a safe bet, but they may not offer the same potential for growth as areas that are on the rise. So here's the unheard tip. Consider investing in these up and coming areas that are expected to undergo development or gentrification in the coming years. These areas may seem like a gamble, but if you do your research and invest early, the potential for growth and profit can be enormous. Now, I'm not suggesting you invest blindly. Do your due diligence and keep an eye on areas that are being developed, where new infrastructure projects are planned and where there's a growing demand for housing. Investing these areas early can pay off big in the long run. So if you're ready to take advantage of this unheard tip and want to learn more about investing in up-and-coming areas, contact me, Jamila Ramtula, for a free 15-minute consultation. Let's work together to grow your portfolio and your profits. And now, back to the show. Thanks for going into that. Now, you know, exercise, weight training, like those were not necessarily one of your fours, but where does that play into the whole thing. Oh, for that was energy. Yeah. So it's not cardio, which was it better cardio or training. It's cardio and training. Okay. So I'm a huge component of strength training. And what that looks like is all right. So a human body basically has seven movements that we need to do fundamentally. We need to squat, lunge, deadlift, carry, press, pull. And we need some core to keep it all together. And so in your week of training, we want to make sure that we progress all those seven movements. That's it. It's super simple. And over time, you add intensity, you add load to those movements, and your body, I, I know Allison's nodding her head because she used to coach. If you add load to those movements over time, your body will change, get stronger, get more resilient. It is a science, but it's not rocket science. These people who are, you know, trying to make it so complicated for general population, it shouldn't be. Progress your squat. One day a week, really progress your deadlift. One day a week, work towards your pull-ups. One day a week, get strong on your press. That's it. Cardiovascular training, I look at it as evolution, what it needed. So let's say all three of us, we wake up one day and we have to go hunting. Okay, this was like 2 million years ago. And we need to go hunt. And so we start walking and we start tracking an animal down. 
That's our zone one working, right? It's light, it's easy, we're just walking. And then we start to lightly jog. We're still chatting, we're trying to figure out where this animal is. Um, we see some wildebeest up there. And I'm still able to keep a conversation. This is zone two. This is like where 80% of your cardio should be, zone two. And then we notice that wildebeest start to take off, start to run. And so we increase our pace. We actually move from a jog to a run. This is zone three. Okay. We anchor in on this wildebeest that unfortunately isn't as fast as the others. And we start fighting with it. This is our zone four, like high output, trying to take it down. And then I grab a spear and put it through its head. That's like zone five, all out. And then we have to put it on our back and carry that motherfucker back. That zone two and zone one. So 80% of your cardiovascular training should be done in the zone two, zone one per week. Let's look at, make it simple. If you're getting 100 minutes a week, okay, just under two hours a week of zone two, zone one stuff, that's a great start. Can you move up to 200 minutes? For sure. Just 100 minutes. And then maybe twice a week, once or twice a week, you go and do some battle rope slams. You do some sprint interval training. You get your heart rate into this VO2 max, which five, to build out that system. Was that a, a clear picture? Yeah, yeah, that was great. Okay, so in regards to output and fat loss, let's say most people, their main goal is to lose fat. Okay, so if you're a male or female, like they, you talked about the primal movements as well, right? So output, primal movements, they all want to be training, you know, doing lunging, squatting, activating their core, doing deadlifts. Is there a difference? Like, do men want to be more on the strength side of things and when women want to be more on the endurance side of things? Like, they're both doing those primal movements. There's just a difference in repetition to maximize output, to lose the fat. Like, what's your opinion on it? That's a great question. I wouldn't say there's too many differences of training. You got to look at the body as a, a body, right? It's biomechanics. It's bones moving, moved by muscles. That's it. So training a man versus a woman, there's not a huge difference. Like in my experience, women seem to recover faster and, and, but it's more societal pressures. It's more what women want out of their body and they want their training to be specifically tailored to that the same way men do. Women tend to want strong, a strong lower body and a tight midsection and a petite upper body. Whereas men tend to be the opposite. Well, they still want a flat stomach, but they tend to want, you know, nice arms and pecs and neglect their lower body. So I would say from a training perspective, not a lot changes from a lifestyle perspective and like a, of a function body of a body, like women don't tend to lose fat as quickly as men. What I've seen is that, you know, women compare themselves to men because I'll have clients come into the program. It's a wife and a man uh, and their husband, and the man will lose two pounds of fat per week. And the woman will only lose one. But here's what the, they don't understand. 
is the man is a lot bigger and and has to lose a lot more. So it's a percentage. Mm -hmm. So it's touch and go. My advice would be we all have genetic predispositions, but we all control our lifestyle. So I've been 155 pounds at 5'10 as a tennis player. I've also been 203 pounds as a bit of a booze bag eating bar food all the time. I've also been 170 pounds, really athletic and lean and muscular. That's a 25% weight swing, all because of lifestyle. So know that it's your habits, the way you train, the way you manage stress, the food you put in, that's going to determine how your body transforms. That's some good insight for sure. What about what it is that you do? I mean, obviously we've spoken about lifestyle and fitness and sleep. Like how at Perform, how do you help clients? And what is it, like, what's the process? Because I, I look at Cam, for example, and he's you know been a student of mine and now is co- coaching with me on a couple things. And I've just, you know, seen the transformation and it's incredible. You know, what, like if somebody wants to join, what does the process even look like? Yeah, great questions. Normally, it's a straight up consult where I want to know where you want to go, what your roadblocks are, and where you're currently at. So once I understand that information, I understand your key objectives, your northern star, what's going to keep you motivated. I know what's going to hold you back. We call those your villains. Because, you know, in the beginning of this podcast, I said you need to add things to your life. Eventually, we do need to create rules around your self-sabotaging habits. Mine's sugar. Hmm. Used to be booze. Mine's sugar. And if I need to help a client transform that relationship, then that's got to be the first main project we work on. So I need to get to know the client. I need to understand what makes them tick. I need to make sure that we have a game plan to get rid of their villains. Once I establish that, we develop 90-day programs that focus on a singular There's too much chaos in the world. There's too much confusion. There's too much complexity. The more simple I can create the program and the objectives and the daily habits, the better the clients, the better the results, the clients. That's it. It has to be simple because I know a lot of people look on the internet, scroll, and they're like, this person says this thing about diet. This person says this thing about diet. Oh, should I be doing this type of new workout? There's just so much bullshit out there. But what actually works? Strength training, cardiorespiratory training. It's not, it doesn't have to be complicated. Does that answer your question? Yeah. So, okay. So there's obviously you focus on less and less is more. Like what, like, what is it? Is it a coaching 90 days of, you know, a call once a week? Like how does like, what's the logistics oh, yeah. of it? Yeah. Okay. So we have a, an app that we built out during the pandemic just due to, we had to just completely reinvent and re-inspire the business. So what happens on, on, in that app is, it's called the Mperform Coaching app. And this is where all your training exists. We set up your entire calendar for you. So let's say you wanna train for 40 minutes, four times a week. On these days, we devise that training program. We devise your nutrient or nutrition program as well as your macros. So what you want to eat at each time of the day, how are you going to cook, how are you going to prepare those foods, or how we're going to delegate those foods, we completely take care of that. Every single week, 
you're going to have three forms of accountability. This is the most important part. I forgot about it. Accountability. One, you're going to have accountability to the coach. If you miss training sessions, we know. All right. When you make training sessions, we also know. So every single week you have to submit it. We get you to submit a check-in because we want to see your progress every single week. The second thing is we have peer-to-peer -peer accountability. People really love this is we do leaderboards. So clients who are the most compliant, stay at the top, rise to the top. They get, you know, MVPs, prizes, all those types of things. So there's peer-to-peer -peer accountability. We're all tribe people, tribal people, and we thrive on community. And the third point of accountability is we help you become accountable to yourself. If I can instill the mindset of I'm someone that when I say I'm going to do something, I do it, help that help you with that integrity mindset, that's what's going to help you get results into your 80s and 90s because you become someone who doesn't miss. Awesome. So... We're going to go to the next part of the podcast because I just I think we can talk for hours and hours, but we've got to be mindful of the, the timing for the podcasts. But lots of great info and, and definitely the accountability pieces is super important. I think that's people need to know <laughs> that uh, somebody is looking and checking. And like I do, you know, think that community piece is, is important. Well, think about you, Sarah, right? Anywhere you want to excel in your life, you hired either a mentor who is also going to provide accountability. Mm-hmm. Anywhere in my life, relationships, business, fitness, I have someone holding me accountable. Absolutely. I love that. So I'm going to ask you three questions. You're going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. I'm going to switch them up. They're going to be similar, but they're not going to be real estate related. You ready to play? Welcome to your midterm tip of the week. Are you often traveling for work and need a place to stay, but do not have the time or capacity to search endlessly? on those online platforms? Midterm Rental Properties has been created to ensure that someone exactly like yourself who is looking for a quality assured stay but would like the assistance and a concierge white glove service to obtain this property gets the service they need. When you sign up with a property through Midterm Rentals, we ensure your stay is all-inclusive from collecting your dry cleaning, to setting up a local gym membership, to having a private chef deliver your food. For more information on how we can service you at your next midterm rental stay, please visit www.midtermrentalproperties.com. I don't have a choice, so yes. <laughs> Here's question number one. What is your favorite book on this topic that you can recommend somebody read? Relentless, Tim Grover. Okay, awesome. Number two, what is a podcast that you recommend people listen to on this topic? Huberman. Huberman. Do Huberman. Okay, all right. Number three, what do you do for fun? I mountain bike. All right, that's it. That's it. No, no real estate questions, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but so Marcus, where can my listeners find out more about you and reach out to you and tell us about how they can join and perform as well? Yeah, absolutely. So anyone who is coming from this show, we're offering you guys a two-week trial of Amperform. Uh, in this two-week trial, you'll have training laid out for you. We'll do your two-week gut health nutrition plan with us just so we can optimize your body. 
help you with some habits. And if you feel like it's a good fit, we can move forward. If not, no worries. At least you learned a lot for two weeks. If you want access to that, you can apply directly on my Instagram. It's Marcus Mackay. And just in my bio, there's a link that you can apply. Amazing. Do you mind like just spelling out your name so people can type it in? Sure. Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S, Mackay, M-A-C-K-A-Y. Amazing. All right, Marcus, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you on and thanks for the insights and thanks for switching it up with us and different than real estate, but just as important. Your health is your greatest investment. It is. Awesome. Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larvey. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.